Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Kibshabaz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics. Joining us from an undisclosed location today, the one and only Abdullah Kibshabaz. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing well. Got court this morning, so I wasn't able to come into the studio today. So, But still good to talk to you nonetheless, old friend. Yeah, that's uh, all right. We'll get to everything we need to get to. And we start with the numbers are out on the voter turnout in 2022. And... Quite frankly, they were awful, nearly down 20% from the 2018 midterms. And I think that's interesting because we're not saying, well, it's down from 2020, which is a presidential election. Okay, we're down 20% from the last midterms. Any idea why that might have been? Um, I think in, uh, I think particularly in Marion County, I think it's sort of maybe sort of a lack of competitive races uh, that sort of... Uh, lower the turnout now granted we did have a, a, a spirited prosecutors race uh but then again once again but then again look at it statewide if you look at uh apart from diego morales and destiny wells uh what was there really to go out and and vote for so to speak i mean everybody thought that todd young was going to you know get reelected. Uh, everybody thought that dan elliott tara klutz were going to win because indiana's a predominantly republican state so i don't think you have a lot of competitive races you know due to due to, due to those dynamics due to you know so so is that the message abdul is that if you don't have a competitive top of the ticket your voter turnout is just going to be complete trash i mean is it you know 2018 you had braun you had donnelly that's the u.s center race trump's coming here all sorts of famous people on the democrat side are coming to campaign for donnelly if you don't have something interesting at the top of the ticket it doesn't matter what your what your prosecutor's race is um yeah i would say i would say yes and no at the end of the day all politics is local like tip o'neill used to say so I think if you got a race where so you have a school referendum which you love so dearly yes. uh, on the ballot, that'll that'll drive turnout. People have to have a reason to come out and vote, just to say, hey, we're going to make make it easier to to do this. Like, well, that's fine, but at the same time, if there if there's no compelling like like I like I've been writing lately, candidates matter. If you don't have quality candidates on the top ticket, or at least a competitive race, then what is the incentive for an individual to come out and vote? Now, granted, you have a civic responsibility, civic responsibility, civic responsibility civic duty to do all that which we both get but at the same time though most people unless it's a really competitive race like eh, it doesn't matter in marion county the turnout according to indiana capital chronicle was 34 percent the highest participation rate appeared to be crawford spencer and union counties at 51 percent that means in only three counties out of 92 people got over 50 percent of the people voted that that's pathetic isn't it well, not once again, not necessarily. Well, then you got to remember what was on the ballot. You know, what were the issues? You know, in those in those three counties that got people to sort of turn out 
and coming out where the competitive state house races, where the referendums. Uh, so those things you got to take a look at. And actually, I want to say 33, 30, 34% in a midterm election uh, for Marion County is actually not that bad. Now, is it good as 2018? Uh, obviously not. But once again, I, I remind people also, too, that I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but heck, I'll say it anyway. That's never stopped me before. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think more voter turnout is, necess- is automatically a good thing. Because a bunch of people coming together to make a bad decision doesn't make it a good decision. It just basically means it's an even worse decision. A bunch of people came out and supported it. However, I do think if you have quality candidates on the ballot and compelling issues, that will drive your voter turnout. So you're an educator. You mold young minds. I know you're entering final season at the college level. Why are people so disinterested in voting? Like, I, I get I get what you're saying about, hey, top of the ticket, good candidates, whatever. But, you know, it was instilled in me that, you know, from the time I was very young, even if it's two gnats running against each other, you know, people fought, they died, they've sacrificed for your right to choose who will be your elected officials. You show up and vote. Uh, is it, is it, uh, are we not instilling that in, in young people? I mean, why, why is there such a disinterest? Um, I, th- I think part of it, it, I think part of it is a disinterest in participating in the democratic process because a lot of people either a it's just not on their not not on their list of priorities got other things to do with no inflation gas prices blah 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 the other folks too is and once again to quote my good friend Rob Kendall if the government appears to be irrelevant then what's the point yeah because a lot of people think my my vote will make a difference because nothing's going to change anyway so why bother yeah so so if you're so, the, if you're the democrats and you're looking at this and obviously they're a super minority party in the house and the senate they don't have any statewide offices they did really bad in these statewide races despite the fact that i mean diego obviously was super vulnerable on paper and todd young had major issues with the republicans are you looking at this going how do we get people to turn out because clearly I mean, whatever you want to say about it, they're clearly wed to the abortion thing. That didn't motivate people to turn out. Are you doing some sort of deep dive right now if you're Mike Schmuel on how do we motivate people to turn out? Yes. I would look I would basically what I do is I look I'd go back to the past ten years of midterm elections. So everything from twenty twenty two to two thousand two or or two thousand twelve. I'm like, okay, let's see what the turnout was, where do we do well, where do we not do so well, what were the candidates, what were the issues and what can what can we duplicate? Because I think that's going to be part of the, I think that's going to be part of the issue now. Granted, to turn around the Democratic Party, it's not going to happen in one midterm. It's going to be like a glacier. It's going to take a while uh, for that to happen. I, I do think eventually, it, it's inevitable because you know time. At the end of the day, you only have so much time in the universe. So I do think at the end of the day, uh, Democrats will eventually uh, sort of get back into into the good grace of the voters. But it's just going to take a long time to do it. Yeah, and, and I freely admit, and we, you know, you and I have talked about this before. We get so involved in this, right, that it's easy to lose touch with how does the average person view this. And I think the Diego thing was a great example. When you don't have people motivated to go vote, it doesn't matter how egregious the Secretary of State candidate is now maybe a U.S. Senate candidate would motivate people more, but it it, it really does allow people like diego to slither through the cracks right i mean if people aren't going to show up and and demand better then by default the default republican just kind of keeps winning uh for the most part yeah but once again more of a uh for, for lack of a better term it was more of a, it was more of a ministry it was, it was it was a down the ballot race is what it was you know it wasn't the governor it wasn't it wasn't the u.s president it wasn't uh, the u.s senate so from that perspective 
that's going to be that's going to be a bit of an issue. That's how do you get how do you spark interest in those down the ballot races? Is going to be a big question. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love freedomfoodsindiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. Freedomfoodsindiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz. The program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we move off of this conversation about voter turnout, we're he- we'll be heading into 2024, which will be a presidential election. Is Why, this... why'd, you, why'd you bring that up? Oh, because, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You're going to make a fortune over the next two years. Don't give me that. This is your, uh, <laughs> you got to get paid. Uh, is. Is this an eye-opener for the Republicans, like, say, in Indiana? Let's face it, if Donald Trump is not the nominee, the Republican probably wins 60 65% of the vote, and we're probably just continuing to go on as we've gone on. If Donald Trump is the nominee, a lot of people are motivated to come out who, as we have just seen, really, unless they're enraged about something at the Republicans, aren't all that motivated to come out. Is this some sort of just in Indiana's version of proof that if you just nominate rank-and-file conservatives or Republicans that you're going to win pretty easily, and maybe this is something you can extrapolate across the country for Republicans based on how poorly by expectation they did in the midterms? Um, yes and no. I think Indiana's a little bit of a, of a different creature. The old joke is Indiana's the most northern-southern state uh, in the Union. <laughs> so obviously it's got that, got that, 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 that conservative kind of Republican, Republican bent to it i think every state is is a different creature pennsylvania is different you know georgia's georgia's different you know arizona nevada are all different and i don't think in those places automatically having an r by your name is is going to be a help now in indiana it helps with it helps you with a good tailwind but there's no guarantee because any anything can still happen in politics uh let's turn our attention to something that is making its rounds via social media i think indiana capital chronicle was the first report on this i saw adam wren put it out as well mike braun is circulating an internal poll that shows him up basically on the three one guy's in the other person is rumored to be getting in he's up on the rumored other candidates by about eight thousand percent so my question to you abdul before we get into the details of this poll do we put any stock in an internal poll that's put out by the candidate himself? Um, I would say yes and no. It de- it depends on when. Because first of all, we're we're cu- we're almost two years off from the election, so any gubernatorial polling I, I take with a big giant humongous grain of salt. Unless you're talking about uh, the incumbent, that's kind of point uh, number one. Point number two, uh, we have no idea what the questions were. That, yeah, because for example, because uh, usually uh, with polling. What you do is you'll release, if not not necessarily the question, but maybe the cross tabs, right? Particularly sure. with an internal poll. And so for for Mike Braun, who's a good friend, to say, you know, hey, I beat you know Eric Doden and Suzanne Cross. Like, well, what questions did you ask? Like, who would you vote for? Would you vote for Mike Braun, who's a businessman who fought for your rights, and said, <laughs> or would you vote for Suzanne Cross, who's been in government for thirty years? I mean, it depends on how you, it depends how you ask that. How you, how you ask the question determines the the result that you get, and. You got to understand too that uh, as our friends over at Market Red, which is a whole nother issue for a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother time, you know, kind of did it. So, and and obviously, Mike Brown isn't going to put out a poll to say, "Hey, I'm losing." Right. 
Sure. So, so okay, yeah, so that's a great point, right? Because what is interesting to me about this, so the poll that Braun put out puts him at 30, uh, 47, Suzanne Crouch at uh, 10, and Eric Doden at 5, and undecided 37%. Well, Eric Doden to me is sort of like where Braun was when he ran for U.S. Senate four years ago, uh, almost five years ago now, where it's like nobody knows who you are, and until you spend the money that you have at your disposal, no one's going to know where you are. So it's kind of interesting that he's including in there, look like it's almost like, look at how far I am ahead of this guy. But you were that guy five years ago, and look at how it ended up working for you. Right, and, and here's the other thing, too, is how much of that is uh, name ID, and how much of that is actually, you know, I like him because of good policy. Right. So you got to keep got to keep that in mind as well. And also, too, I don't remember whether the poll was just Republican voters or whether it was uh, all voters. Yeah, no, this was, yeah, this was Republican, uh, I believe these are Republican primary voters is how the memo lists it. Now, uh, so Braun at 47, Crouch at 10, Doden at 5, 37% undecided. I still think there's going to be somebody else get in this thing. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, there's, there's plenty of time for other people to get uh, into the race. There's also plenty of time for people to drop out of the race. I mean, Mike could slip in the bathtub in the shower and crack his head open. Not that I want that to happen, but anything can happen between now and the end of, and uh, when, the, when, the, when people start filing for, for the governor's race. So I, I would take any poll with a, with a big, giant, blood, high blood pressure grain of salt. Yeah, and then they do the thing about name ID, and it's Mike Braun is 61% favorable. Suzanne Crouch, only 24% favorable. Uh, 11, only 11% of people are unaware of Mike, uh, 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 Mike of who Mike Braun is. It, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're talking about it. So mission accomplished in that perspective. And like we said, other members of the media are putting this out. But again, it comes back to, are you really this early on when we just got done talking about the lack of voter participation? Are you doing this for anything other than let's make our client happy, our client in this case being the candidate by making it look like we're working? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I think what it is is just basically giving the client like, hey, here's a here's a deal. Here's here's where we stand today. Now, granted, this is two years out, you know, from an election. Uh, here's where we are. There's there's plenty of time and things can change. But if you're trying to build up your name, idea, and and, and statewide support, like, hey, here's a poll. Here's where I am. That sort of thing. Um, they also did. This is great. I love this. So they say, uh, and this is totally inside baseball, but I love this. Um, the they call it the Evansville DMA, designated market area, since Braun and Crouch are both from Evansville and they try to say well in the Evansville DMA since they're both from there Braun still beats Crouch 45% to 19% and they're basically like trying to say well he's beating you so bad in your home area why would you even be running lady yeah because once again it's trying to scare off it's trying to scare off challengers it's you use it to raise money and sort of build up your build up your name ID but once again I've got to remind people, it's an internal poll. We haven't, we don't know what the questions were. Once again, like, hey, who'd you vote for? Candidate A, who's a family man, or, or candidate B, who's a commode hugging drunk? I mean, <laughs> um, if you're, did, 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 did we tell you that? Did we tell you that Rob Kendall hates kittens? Oh my God! Oh. Uh, well, well, and so here's the thing. I, 
I don't think Suzanne Crouch is the sort of person, and I can say this as someone who once worked for Suzanne Crouch, and this is in no way an endorsement of Suzanne Crouch because I think it's highly egregious, as everyone knows, that she agreed to spend eight, what'll be eight years with Eric Holcomb and say basically absolutely nothing as he did all the Holcomb stuff. So this is not in any way an endorsement of her, but she is about the last person that I would try to like scare or intimidate. If anything, I think she probably saw this and she probably raised about $2 million last night making more phone calls. That that would not surprise me. I remind people, Suzanne Crouch is a hell of a worker and, an, and a prolific fundraiser. Uh, I want to say one time in the past couple of months, she drove up to like uh, to Gary or South Bend for a fundraiser and then drove back. I yeah, mean, yeah, she, that's somebody who's dedicated. Well, and I think about it. She's been an, a county auditor. She's been a state rep. She's been the state auditor. She's been the lieutenant governor. That woman, say what you want about her, she knows how to win, and she knows how to raise huge money. And, yes, Mike Brown will have infinite amounts of his own money, but she's going to raise infinite amounts of other people's money. I think this will be a pretty fun race if, indeed, it ends up, ju- even if it just ends up being Braun, Crouch, and Doton. And uh, the other candidate to be announced later. Yeah, absolutely. Whoever that is. Absolutely. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, the the, um, the program of Statehouse Happenings, Rob Kendall, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. Abdul joining us uh, via telephone today. He had a, a court appearance he had to be at. Not for him. It was. Uh, I, I'm taking a liberty on that, right? It was not for you, right? It was for someone else. Yeah, for, some, for someone else, yeah. Not me. <laughs> okay. So uh, Holcomb got asked the other day, uh, about potentially running for Senate. And you and I have, have pondered this, and I'm going to read you his quote. This is according to Wish TV. He said, quote, we've got a long session January through April. We've got we've got to win that race first and foremost. There'll be time for me to think about the future in the future, but it would be, it would be next to irresponsible for me to take my eye off the job that I've got. Okay, you are, you've been around Indiana politics and government for 20 years. You know these people well. You're friends with the governor. Is that a way of him saying that he's thinking about running without saying it? What, what am I supposed to make of that? Um, I would say make of it exactly what it is. It is a, is a non-committal commitment because you're not, you're not going to say yes, you're not going to say no, obviously. I mean, that because if you say yes, then that changes the whole story. Now you're a candidate for the U.S. Senate. You say no, then your name is taken out of the loop. We like to have people talk about you. What what I do think though is that Eric has got a we got a big session coming. We got a budget coming up. Uh, we got health care issues we got to deal with. Uh, we got other legislation that's important. And so if you're Eric Holcomb, why even why even entertain the why publicly entertain the thought of running for U.S. Senate? I mean, you, you thought you tried it before, you know, dropped out, and then ended up uh, becoming governor. So it's not a bad not a bad shtick. Now. If Eric did decide to run, like I said, like we talked about last week on the show, I think he walks in with 40, 45 percent of the vote. And do, if you think do, about it, do you really believe that based on what we saw at the convention that he is that strong? Yes, because convention voters are not primary voters. Tell, explain, so explain those, that, explain that. Somebody who goes to, who goes to a convention is a is a diehard partisan, true, true believer for the most part or true establishment believer, because you remember, remember, to. To, to do a convention, first of all, you got to pay money to be a delegate. Then you got to sign up. You got to go travel. You got to deal with all these other things. Where the primary, just go vote, and that's the end of the discussion. So that's why I think, say the 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 convention delegate voter is a much different creature than a, than a general primary voter. If you go back to uh, 2012 and 2010, both Dan Quayle and Dick Luger got about 40 something odd percent. Of the vote, Dick Luger lost to Richard Murdoch, who got sixty, but Dan Quayle won because all the other candidates split up the vote. So, it that 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 forty forty five percent, I would argue, I would argue at least today, 
in a primary is your floor slash ceiling. But depending on how many people get in the race, it, that, that's probably all you need. Okay, so when you look at what Holcomb would consider, because the two names that are out there right now rumored to be getting in are Banks and Sparks, is he looking at a thing like if these two both get in, they would pull from the same pool and I'm pulling from a different pool? Is it, Like I'm trying to get inside Holcomb's head, which is, scary, is very scary for me. But what is he looking at? Because I would think it would be a much tougher climb for Holcomb if it's say there's two people in. It's Banks and it's Holcomb because Banks can pull from some of the establishment. Obviously, he gets the conservatives versus if Sparts and Banks are pulling from the same people, Holcomb could win with that 35, 40 percent of the vote. Yeah, assuming Eric walks in with 45%, that means you got basically 55% split between Banks and Sparks and whoever else uh, make it in. So the more people, if Eric decides to run, the more challengers he has, the better. Also, you got to remember, too, is that Banks and Sparks have never run statewide before. Holcomb actually has on, on a number of different occasions. So he's already, he's already got sort of that statewide infrastructure sort of already there. One of the big things, and we've talked about this before, if you're Sparts or your Banks, is you're going to have to give up a safe job to do this, right? Like Rokita did and Messer did and, and Marlon Stutzman did. And you end up, you know, obviously Rokita got back, back into it because he's incapable of working a real job. But, you know, for the rest of those people, it's, it's you know, the... the um, it's like you're you're kind of a no you kind of become a nobody then right I mean you're kind of just you're out of the system if you don't win if you don't win that race you're kind of done and so if you're Sparts and your banks and you think Holcomb's gonna get in this thing and it looks like he is do you guys have some sort of you know get together do you guys play rock paper scissors to decide because I'm sure what neither one of them want given their political tilts and leans is that not only do not one of them get in but they end up letting Holcomb get in. Um, I would not be surprised if, if Holcomb gets in, there's, there's, that discussion takes place. Let's put it that way. What do you think Holcomb's going to consider it, uh, when he thinks about getting in the race? Is it more than just, can I win? Or is it just, hey, the polling shows there's a path for me to get there. I'm going to do it. What do you think he will be considering? What does that process look like for him? I think, I think he considers a lot of things. Number one, uh, Eric will be 55 years old. So he's still a relatively young guy, like, you know, 20, 30 years left to go do whatever. And then you got to ask the question is, do I want to stay in government? Do I want to go do something else? Like, say, go run the NCAA which I, or, or the IHSA, which I keep hearing is probably on his, on his radar screen. Also got to, uh, you know, look at your family situation, you know, your wife, your parents a little bit older. You know, do I really want to be in, in politics or do I want to just go sail off into the sunset? Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Talking a little bit today, Abdul joining us via uh, telephone. We're talking a little bit right now about uh, Eric Holcomb potentially pondering a run for U.S. Senate. Okay, if you were a betting man right now, um, do you think he would, like, I, look, and I know it's super early, and I know a guy that has these sort of money at Holcomb's disposal doesn't have to make this decision for several months now, but if you were a betting man, yes. Or no, you think he's going to do it? Uh, I would say no right now. I tend to agree with that because there's a better chance than not, especially if it's like, say, Banks or Sparts on their own. I, am I wrong to say I think Jim Banks is a better statewide candidate than Victoria Sparts? Am I off on that? Um, I would say they're both equally. I would say I would say Banks is a better candidate only because he's done it longer. Yeah, so. that, that, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I, th I think you just like seen him more on you know, say Fox News or whatever, but. If, if it is a single one-on-one -on -one Banks versus uh, Holcomb or Sparks versus Holcomb, 
he don't want to go out a loser, right? Because once you've lost and you go out a loser, that's got to be part of the equation. Well, I think I think I think the, the possibility of losing is something that every politician should have to face um, or, or consider, because no matter how how strong your, your your state is or your county is, whether it's heavy D or heavy R, there's still always a possible chance that you could lose. So you always have to take that into account. Now, the question is, what's the likelihood of you losing is a whole different creature. And if it's 50, if it's more than 50 plus one, then you got to really give it some serious consideration. Okay, uh, we got about six minutes left to go in the show today, and I wanted to touch on a couple things that you've got on your website right now, IndiePolitics.org. You had something that was interesting, at least to uh, you know political nerds like me. You had a, a, an interview with the outgoing state treasurer Kelly Mitchell, and I think this is in, she's interesting because she was uh, kind of an unknown person working in the office under Richard Murdoch. When she ran for state treasurer at the 2014 convention, everybody thought it was either going to be Don Bates, the conservative, or Wayne Siebold, the establishment pick. She kind of ran down the middle. She didn't offend anyone. She did a pretty good job there. She ran for Congress, did terribly in that run, run for Congress in 2020. So I'm curious, you know, what was in this exit interview you had with her over at IndyPolitics.org? Uh, basically, uh, like I said, uh, we, 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 had, we had a good chat about her, her time as treasurer, what she was uh, thinking about doing next. We also kind of jokingly reminisced that when she announced uh, at the Columbia Club, I was the only media person to show up <laughs> at, 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 at her announcement. Uh, and I was, I was actually there when, uh, not when she got sworn in, but when she swore in her deputy treasurer, uh, my good friend Jolene Longbattle, who, who uh, helped Dan Elliott uh, get elected treasurer. So uh, I thought it was interesting. Also, we had, a good, we had an interesting conversation about that sort of ESG-type investing funding uh, which the the attorney general has kind of made a big deal about, which Indiana doesn't do because Indiana can't do it by law, because you got to have sort of sort of stable uh, investments and that sort of thing. So don't don't expect Indiana to be buying a whole bunch of Bitcoin uh, <laughs> any time in the near future uh, with 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 with, with the state with the state treasury. But but I, I will say the one thing we didn't necessarily talk about, but that I thought was fascinating, was the fact that she fired Jim Holden like that day she, that day she got sworn into the office. That that was just that was just an amazing story. Let's put it that way. And and you can hear the whole interview over at IndiePolitics.org. I'm curious, like, um, you know, we hear about these people. They hold these statewide offices, and then you know, some of them do go on, obviously, to other things. Rokita's was Secretary of State. He's gone on to be, uh, obviously, he was a congressman, and then you know, a, a Attorney General. But for the most part, it seems like the whether and and Suzanne Crouch has obviously gone on to be Lieutenant Governor after being State Auditor. But for the most part, whether it's like a Tom Barry or a Richard Murdoch, obviously he didn't win a U.S. Senate race, or or uh, now Kelly Mitchell. It kind of seems like these people tend to, at these statewide offices, don't elevate oftentimes in Indiana. They just kind of fade out into the sunset. you have any theory on why that is? Um, after a while, you get tired of it. Yeah. You, you really do. And you realize maybe it's a little bit more work than you originally thought. Or maybe like, you know what? This was good. I did my job. I want to do X, Y, Z. I accomplished it. Now let's get the hell out of here and move it on and leave it for somebody new and somebody else to come in. Is, was she? Did you get into it all about that 2020 um, congressional race that she ran? Uh, no, we just basically focus on the state treasurer's race. I was floored, and maybe uh, I'd be curious to know if you agree with this or not. I was floored in how poorly she did in that race, given the fact that she did a pretty good job as state treasurer. She had statewide office. Obviously, she had, you know, that's sort of its own built-in marketing arm where you can kind of legally use state resources to promote to promote yourself. I was really surprised at how, at how poorly she did in that race. Um, I was and I wasn't uh, because, Bob, uh, 
Kelly has never been sort of a firebrand. She's always been sort of, you know, quiet, you know, reserved, you know, going to get the job done. Uh, but when she ran some of her commercials, I thought, it was, I, thought, I thought it was almost sort of not quite pandering, but I thought it was a bit much. Like, you know, stand for the flag and blah, 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 blah. Like, you, you, it's basically, it's, it's an appeal to Republican primary voters, which I get. But it just didn't seem like it was her. Yeah, that's interesting, too, right? It's very hard in a primary to win a primary on either side, right, based on competence. You very rarely hear ads based on, I was this, and I did this very well, and that's the job of government is to be accountable and to be competent, and I am very accountable and competent, so you should vote for me. You very rarely hear people win ads based on, or win elections based on ads that say that. Yeah, and and that's... And and that, like I said, that was that was sort of part of part of the part of the issue uh, with with Kelly's campaign. Also, the fact that there were like twelve million different people, yeah, you know, running that race to begin with, and two of them were like bajillionaires. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, well, okay. Very interesting. All right. So we will be back next week. I think we're going to have a guest host in studio with us next week as we wind out the uh, 2022 uh, calendar year. In the meantime, before we let you go, anything you'd like to announce to us today? Uh, nope, not today. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just let let, let, let me get through Sunday. Okay. You know what well, I'm talking about. We'll just we'll just keep asking, and you'll keep uh, telling us that uh, we'll know when we know, and that's how it'll be. All right. Uh, enjoy your time in court today. The one and only Abdullah Keep Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Abdul on Twitter at AT. T.Y. Abdul, at A-T-T-Y Abdul. And be sure to visit and bookmark Abdul's very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. While you're there, be sure to get yourself a cheat sheet subscription. It is the best $50 you'll spend all year. And many Saturdays, you can hear Abdul 1 until 3, Abdul at Large on 93.1 WIBC. Me, I'm on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon, weekdays 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey show on 93.1 WIBC. Oftentimes we're a little rushed at the end of the show, and so we don't get an opportunity. We want to take it right now to say thank you to every single one of you who listen, whether you listen Sundays on WIBC or you listen via podcast. We certainly appreciate you. For Abdul Kim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.